Welcome to episode 155 of G.I. Doberg. Tonight, we are joined exclusively by really cool people. People known as Robert, who's me, and another person known as... Paul! That's me! <laughs> Cujo on the West Coast, keeping it 100 with the purple punch. Uh, let's see how it goes. Yes. I like the it, I like And it. Robert, this is your first podcast post your first tiktok twerk video am i right <laughs> absolutely that's correct <laughs> uh, that was tough to get out by the way <laughs> someone convinced me that uh, i should try twerking um and i kind of i did the, the difficult thing and sat through hours of twerking videos um it was tough it's a lot of research <laughs> and eventually Kudos, <laughs> eventually i got it halfway decent although my sister tells me that i it, I'm, I'm i'm moving my shoulders too much and not my bum enough so maybe i should get tips from her i don't know teenagers oh, wow they know more about the right. stuff than we do <laughs> can't win with them i swear no you can't it's like my mom enjoyed it and then she was like well you know it, it could be better i was like fine whatever you say <laughs> but how's it going with you guys <laughs> i mean you guys got to talk at length about comic-con you know, I didn't even get to have that conversation. Doofies. Yeah, so there was Comic-Con in, in SA, which I also got to go to, and I got to hang out with Rob a little bit, which is really cool. And I got to hang out with some uh, awesome, like, international artists and people that were there, because uh, my buddy Warren uh, was one of the guests on or guests for Comic-Con. And, um, and then what happened there is that he was uh, taking care of another one of the guests, a guy called uh, Ilya Kuvshinov, or Kuvshinov. Anyway, also a fantastically awesome human being and awesome artist. Got him. Uh, we had quite a bit of fun. Yeah, because we got to hang out a little bit. That was pretty cool. Uh, got to meet a really cool artist from Disney, one of Disney's fine artists. And um, and uh, one of my favorite artists in the industry is a guy called Alexei Briefla. And he does a lot of magic cards. And before that, he, well, not just magic cards. He also does a lot of stuff for the Marvel movies. And uh, he did a lot of Marvel covers at one point as well. So um, the best reference I can give you right now is he's covers for Annihilation. And um, uh, what is it, uh, Rob, that Age of, I think it's called Age of Ultron or something. Or, yeah. uh, uh, I Return think it was of Age Ultron. of Ultron. Yeah, the, that mini series yeah. that no one read. But the covers are really good. Yeah, the covers were really good. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I read them. I read them while I was bagging them, bagging and boarding them back in the day. <laughs> when you used to work in a shop front. I used to totally work in a comic book shop, so I feel Rob's pain sometimes. You know? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, overall, I mean, as as I mentioned in 154, Comic Con Africa was a was definitely a, a cool experience, and being in Joburg, seeing Paul for a bit was yeah, it was pretty awesome. I thought that was pretty nice. Why not? I'm just sorry we couldn't hang out more, man, because the circumstances leading to me being there were unusual. Because usually if I am there, it's because, A, I was lucky enough to be invited to some kind of panel or launch or something. And then I just get in there and then it's like no problems. Or, B, I actually went and bought a whole ticket or something for the whole weekend or whatever. But, um, yeah, I couldn't do that this year. Um, so I got a nice complimentary entry for the con, con on the uh, only on the Monday. Hell so, yeah, getting in free yeah. is better than having to pay, my dude. Totally, dude. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a cool con. It was really, really nice. It was, in my opinion, uh, leagues better than last year's. Uh, I'm sure 
your boss has said as much? No, absolutely. I, don't know. I think um, so. Last year it was at, at something called Kailami, and it's typically used more for racing and stuff. And I believe it was exceptionally hot. It was warm. It was uncomfortable. People were passing out. This year it was at a proper convention center in Johannesburg called Gallagher Convention Center. Um, it's a bit mm. older, I think, than some of the like other convention centers I've been to, um, especially mm. the one that we have here in Cape Town. Um, <laughs> but it 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 fit all the people in. The aircon was brilliant. I mean, Johannesburg, you need aircon, I believe. Um, yeah, you totally do. <laughs> but yeah, overall, you it was a fantastic do. experience. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get a lot of stuff um, or anything at all, actually. But I I believe Paul, you 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 left the con um, <laughs> much heavier than you were with, when you arrived. With full hands. <laughs> yeah, the I was with a friend. And she ended up buying a whole bunch of stuff. So how it actually worked is is that um, I have a T-shirt brand here locally. Um, or should I say, I'm the artist for a T-shirt brand here that we're busy building. And uh, my buddy who runs that brand had one of his stands here. So I went to go and pay him a visit as well. You know, a nice sort of support of, hey, the yeah. Snake man. To... Hey. Yeah. <laughs> the snake man. There you go. Snake man. And... Uh, so that's like for the the clothing line is called the norm, and um, yeah. So I went to go and give him my support, and as part of my payment for my artwork, I always get a one of the t-shirts for free. So whatever artwork I've done, I get a shirt of that artwork for free. So I went to go and pick up my shirts. <laughs> um, so that was one of the bags that I had with me, and then the other thing is uh, Marika, uh, my friend. She went to go and get. Um, she wanted a print because she saw uh, James Mulligan was here, one of Disney's fine artists. Yes, yes. And he had some like sort of original art prints and things, that, she, and she picked up one of those. And I went to go and visit uh, one of my buddies there, and he has toys. He makes his own toys and things like that. So, yeah, I, I had a little bit of money that I could spend on that, and then I bought those two from him as a as a supportive thing because, you know, you know, when you do something cool like that, you, and I, I believe here in South Africa, especially right now, it's super important that if you see somebody doing something cool, you do it with them. <clears throat> you know, you support them. Yeah. So he's got these really amazing, like, 50s retro-style artwork um, sort of figures that he does that are, like, uh, sort of uh, semi-posable and whatever. And I picked up two of those, and that was, like, super awesome. And then I was broke. Does he have a social media or anything? Uh, he is. Uh, his brand is called Colin Scope. So that's C-O-R-L-E-N Scope, Colin Scope, like as in like, you know, cinema scope. Um, and you can find his website just by searching that into Google. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. He's got some really, really awesome stuff. Plus, he does a lot of sort of um, sort of pulpy kind of uh, pinups, uh, prints and artworks and whatever. Ooh. But yeah. Uh, also, I just got a special message. Stephen will be joining us in a second. Hell yeah. Nice. What do you think, Uja? I think it's it's a very nice Sunday on the West Coast. It's sunny. Pretty clear, pretty clear. But I think I could talk a little bit of Joe community. It's just relevant stuff, I suppose. Uh, you're long scoping conventions. People talk conventions now. Let's talk Joe Fest. Uh, Joe Fest 2020, right? Yeah. Um, John Royal's going to be there. Is he? Is he a personal favorite? Yes. But here, here's the details. His first time he's in the states doing a convention. I think. I think the, there's a conversation to be had. Is 
is Royal now kind of like, uh, is he he considered one of the great Joe artists? I mean, think about it. His comics do not stay on shelves. That's true. He's going to be at Joe Fest. If he's there, I'm going to be there. If I'm there, I'm going to drag Paul there. uh, (laughs) Or the the community will. And let's, I don't know, guys. If we get a shot, let's do it. Let's do it one more time. Let's get everybody here. Yeah, I think think that's a good idea. Let's take a shot. Let's make it happen. I like that. That would be super cool, yeah. We got projects. We got reason to support community. Also, uh, Word Burglar, he's doing a show tonight at New York Comic Con. Hmm. He's been he's been rising ever since he did the Joburg podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, guys. Hello, hello, hello. Well, have you guys done all your preambles? Shall we just jump straight in? We started off a little bit. In lieu yeah, of we haven't mentioned the topics yet. We haven't mentioned topics yet. We've basically just entered... And late current to the show is Stephen Jubber, our ever-present, ever-faithful man from Down Under. How's it going, my man? Well, you know, G.I. Joeberg is the podcast where you can always be guaranteed that at least one member should be asleep. (laughs) 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 When you happen in three different time zones, finding one where we all sync up is, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's Where's Wally. I'm great, guys. I'm fine. I yeah, as as you no doubt know, I'm in Australia. Uh, Hong Kong is burning. We should have been playing there, but uh, civil unrest has kind of diverted us back to our home bases, or where our wife is based, in my case. So here I sit <laughs> in the sunny uh, eastern coastline of uh, of the, the. What would you call this continent? Australia. Australia. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, you call Africa the dark continent because it's all like dark. Oh, and Australia's the, the. I don't know actually. <laughs> the prison planet. I like that one. I'm sure the Australians will appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sure that's trademarked somewhere in our media. <laughs> it must be. It must be. Should I should I get the the uh, the rest of my word burglar chat out of the way? By yeah, dude, means, roll it bro. out, roll it out. So after being with us, word burglars shut off. Yeah, he's uh, he's now a thing in pop culture. But word burglar, you're out there, you're on the road. You gotta get to Georgia. If I'm getting to Georgia, you gotta get to Georgia. Let's let's do it one more time. Find your way there, because you know this. You you know you gotta do a remix of a uh, Cobra Island. Um, mm. but uh, aside from that, uh, I've been I've been pretty busy since last time we talked. Me and Paul got the black book out. It's nearly found all the people that supported it. Nearly, but uh, I guess you guys have read it, Stephen, uh, Robert. Just put one yeah. sentence on it, Robert. You first. Uh, you've seen the book. What is it? One sentence, two, two if you're feeling it. <laughs> Inexplicable, uh, immersive. That, that, that's probably what I would say. Two words: inexplicable and immersive, and layered. I think I'm gonna re- be reading this for a while. Mm. Cheers, brother. Steven, be a lancer. Hmm. What you put in is what you shall get out. Yeah. That's fair, actually. That's a, I, I have to agree with you on that one, definitely. If you just read it on the surface, you're just going to get the very basics of the story, definitely. Hmm. You're going to enjoy the gorgeous art, for sure, but if you reread this a couple of times, there's a lot to see. Well, like all of my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. Paul, there's entire pages here that are just white. What, what, what's going on? 
No, Paul, Paul did an amazing job. It will find its way to two more printings. We'll, we'll figure that out. But no, the black book is out there. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. You know what hashtags are. Uh, aside from that, I think Robert, uh, through our, our messaging, was saying that you're kind of thinking about TwitchCon in San Diego next year. Is that? Yes. What's going on is- there? Well, I, I've gotten quite big into kind of the whole Twitch scene. Um, I kind of connected with a lot of people. Twitch not twerking. <laughs> <laughs> Twerking's next. I don't know about Twitch. You know, carry on. <laughs> I Twitch and I twerk. I do all the things. Um, TwitchCon. <laughs> and TwitchCon, yeah, 2020 in San Diego. Um, I think it's in September next year. Um, it's something that I'm very interested to go and see. There's a lot of people that I've connected with through through Discord and and through the the website itself, Twitch, and it'll be really awesome to meet all these people. And also being in San Diego means I'm so much closer to Cuja. I think Long Beach is a four-hour bus ride away, I believe. Oh, we yes. are, no, definitely we'll team up. Yeah. There you go. San Diego go. is also apparently beautiful. So. Apparently. I mean, yeah. I, I think so. And you do have a multiple entry visa, Rob, so that means uh, Hell yeah. dip into Tijuana, Mexico, buy some Ooh. Viagra, uh, ride Damn, on a donkey. <laughs> I don't Ooh. know. <laughs> Get some money. Walk down Avenue Revolution and, uh, I don't know, have some prostitute try and give you a handjob. I don't know. Try. Let's scoop on the donkey. <laughs> Zonky. That's Zonky. not an accurate representation. <laughs> what of Mexico? No, no, indeed it's not. But it's like it's like <clears throat> it's Mexican Disney. It's the land. image that I think most teens come could come with from the states. They're like, oh my god, all the crazy shit's gonna happen there. Yeah, but, um, exactly, exactly. It, I wouldn't I mean, mind seeing Mexico. It's accurate. It's accurate. There you go. There you go. I, I also, I mean, yeah. if, sorry, if I was that close to Long Beach, I would also love to go to Long Beach because I would like to then go to Venice Beach and check out some of the famous skating spots because I've been watching a lot of skateboarding stuff on YouTube lately. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> I just found a TED Talk with Rodney Mullins on it. And I got to say, that guy's always been like a hero to me. But I never knew he spoke. I've just always seen him as this amazing skateboarder. And I heard his TED talk and I was like, wow, this dude, he's just switched on. He's really, really cool. And it just, you know, you know how YouTube is? It's like a rabbit hole. And I've just been just waxing seriously nostalgic with uh, skateboarding videos re- recently. And I'm just like, oh, wow, yeah, this is one of the reasons I always wanted to go to America is go and check out some of the famous skateboarding spots and, like, hit them. I wouldn't do that now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm all of 35, and by the time you hear this, I'll probably be 36. And, uh, yeah, I'm not really ready to break my bones with a skateboarder yet again. <laughs> well, well here. Then, then I guess you're coming yet. with next year, September mm. 2020, me and Paul, TwitchCon. Come on down, G.I. Joe fans. There it is, Stephen. Challenge is set. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what date is that convention? Uh, the the end of September, the twenty something to something else. <laughs> uh, Useful. Develop my Twitch presence first. Twenty five to twenty seven uh, September. So Ooh. there's some time. There's some time, guys. We can. Oh, you got. You know, you got a place up. You can stay in Long Beach. There we go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can save a lot of money on it. Dude, I've got a place in San Diego. I can stay. Oh. As long as the place isn't on fire. Hey, don't flex on me, damn it. Hey. 
Yeah, man, my illegal immigrant friend from high school. Ooh, <laughs> um, lots of properties in San Diego. <laughs> back in 2007 when we were both in the States. In fact, he was the reason I went to the States. I was like, dude, you've been there before. Come with me, please. I need someone to show me the ropes of, you know, big old scary America. No, man, I don't want to go with you. <laughs> I've been there before. I'm done. Hey, don't pigeonhole him. <laughs> He does not represent any particular um, dialect group. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, on the big day when our plane ticket was booked for us to depart, uh, one of us boarded. <laughs> one shall stay, one shall leave. Indeed, indeed. But he's there now and he's living the dream, bro. So We'll, we'll to leave him. that up to the government to figure out. So we've okay. been talking all over each other, but he's a really no. cool guy too. I've got to say... I was very happy to... I, I don't want to throw his name around now, now that you've just told everybody that he's, like, you know, snuck into America somehow. But, yeah, he's a What's really, really cool number? guy. What's his Twitter handle? At I'm legal. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Too late now. Too Remember, late kids, now. no ice in your beverages from now on. No ice. You dig it? <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. So, Stephen, what are we talking about tonight? We, 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 we've kept everyone in suspense uh, until you arrived. So we, <laughs> we do have a topic, people. I suppose. Um, I suppose new shit is out of the way, gentlemen. Well, I, I, I don't think... Well, we, we talked new, newish stuff, but new no, stuff. no one's received new G.I. Jones. I new stuff, yeah. Well, has anyone Whoa. seen any, any, any decent cinema recently? I have all the time in the world. I mean, Kim works like a dog, and I do what I can to facilitate <laughs> for her, you know, drive her here and there, and... Do the laundry and the cooking and whatnot, but uh, it does leave me with a lot of daylight to burn. So I've been a bit of a, a serial cinema, cinema goer. Cinema. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, most recently, of course, um, I did. Perhaps it was a bit too much too soon. Like back to back, basically watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then the next night seeing mm. Joker. Uh, two films that I doubt I would have been able to see had I been in China. And what an incredible, like, transportative pair of films they've been. Like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is is as bloated as, as Tarantino gets. Because, my God, that man can write a lot. But you don't mind because you're kind of just in its spell. You want to stay in that era. You, you don't mind sitting in the back seat while someone drives a classic car. Like, there there is a lot of that. <laughs> and I don't mind. And it's just, yeah, it was pretty magical filmmaking. And Joker, shit, what can I say, man? That that shit really sticks with you. Um, mm. You know, it, it, like, you wondered to yourself, can they possibly do this again? You know, after Heath's ex- excellent, you know, uh, cinematic representation, did we need another Joker? Uh, Jared Leto proved to us that we didn't. But uh, Joaquin Phoenix proved to us that we absolutely did. There is definitely room in this world for, for his interpretation. I am very excited for this new Joker film. I wanted to watch it this weekend. It didn't work out that way. All kinds of other stuff got in the way, sadly. Um, but I did manage to catch the second It, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Which was, I would say it's a great film. It's not as good as the opening film as the first one. Um, but if you look at both of them together in their entirety, I thought it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed that universe, and I love creepy stuff. Uh, I was just telling somebody today how creepy movies like that and whatever is kind of like my happy place. 
Like, if I play scary games or watch scary movies. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a weirdo. So, uh, (laughs) but I love that stuff. I just love, like, it's, for me, it's just very zen-like to be in. Is there a cinema? Is there a specific genre of horror that you're hands off? Like, body horror? Like, nope. I don't do what is called torture porn. So I don't, well, what I like to call Enough torture said. porn. So Enough I don't, said. I don't touch things like hostile and whatever. Um, but, uh, when I say I don't, I mean, I watch them. That's cool. But I wouldn't say that they are part of my happy place. They just, just, well, they're exploitative and they, they are excessive Enough films. Said, and, brother. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but you know, you mentioned now, like Jared Leader proves that we didn't need a new Joker and, it's interesting that because that he was one of the few things I actually thought was okay about Suicide Squad, and that should tell you how great Suicide Squad is as a movie. But um, <laughs> but they were very smart in not making, trying to make a sort of facsimile of the Joker that appeared in uh, Christopher Nolan's films, which I thought was quite admirable of them. I mean, they could have gone that way. Uh, so like, I get that. I mean, that Joker out of all of the Jokers that have been on screen, probably most probably gets the most hate. But I did like the departure. I did like that they sort of went with a, can I actually say normal Joker? Because out of all of the Jokers, he is kind of the most basic B, you know? He's like the <laughs> most, um, it just makes the most sense that like somebody would like uh, be like him and then call themselves a Joker. I'd almost go as far as to say that he, uh, that Jared Leto's Joker is probably not even the real Joker and it's just like some street pimp punk that was inspired by the original Joker um, in a, some kind of weird like multiverse. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out there. Sorry, Steve. But that's yeah, pretty man. cool, man. Yeah. I'm actually jealous that you get to watch all these movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I learned a little something about Rotten Tomatoes, in fact, that uh, user reviews only... <laughs> um, you're only allowed to leave a user review... Uh, when the film has opened in the United States. <laughs> so if you happen to catch oh, it a day early, like I did, on the 3rd of October, um, you've you got nowhere to kind of like, I don't know, either vent your frustration because it was absolute steaming turd, or, you know, huh? cinematic gem. Um, I, I, I realize it's getting some mixed reviews, which is interesting, you know, like one of the big voices for me, at least on, on the YouTubes is movie Bob and he thought it was an absolute stinker. So I'm, I'm intrigued by a movie, uh, falling on either side. I think if you set expectations up, uh, as a YouTube reviewer must, because obviously he's got to add his speculation. That's, that's, that's content gold. If you're a YouTuber, I think if you set up expectations, you shouldn't. You really shouldn't. Expect the unexpected. Mm. This film is, a, I think, the great tonic to superhero fatigue because it's so unlike everything and it makes you feel something that these other transcendent, you know, stories of daring do do not. This is you shouldn't you shouldn't necessarily enjoy everything that you watch in this film. You should expect to feel pain, hurt, pity. You know this. This is a fucking bad dude, man. You're still talking the Joker, yeah? Not the Joker. Yeah. I'm talking Joker. There's no definite article. Gotcha. Well, let me ask you this, Stephen. Uh, eh, like, let's keep it brief because I like the good vibes. I'm just curious. Do you steer into the like the movie suggests outlets of violence for people who feel 
disenfranchised. Seems like there always will be a sentiment that rallies behind that. And uh, it was something that I believe the, the movie star, Joaquin Phoenix, he, he hadn't... He hadn't really been adequately prepared to answer, but there's a reason for that. And the kind of the line that he chooses to toe is that he has researched that phenomenon to death and knows that the most socially responsible thing to do is not to address it at all. You know, off air, he's happy to discuss it um, ad nauseum, but the key to that issue is not to give it a platform. Mm. That there is a definite link between acts of violence inspired by the media and its publicization in the media. If you know what I mean? Like Mm. if you, if it's on the nightly news, it's more likely to happen. All these violence that is targeted like around events like this are always an attempt to grab attention. Mm. whether it's ego or to a cause or put to political you know so the way you deal with it is just don't address it and i'm gonna do that right now <laughs> shut you down kujo no, no 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 i wasn't looking it's almost like uh we're all of the same mind hmm <laughs> um i does anybody want to chat uh i thought a really good villain for this age was mysterio i like second tier villains I'm only going to talk Spidey for a couple minutes, but uh, I thought that every once in a while Hollywood says, hey, here I am. I think Gyllenhaal does some speeches during that movie that even if you're not a superhero fan, take a look. Uh, Also, I would I would say that a similar villain would be the one in uh, Incredibles 2. I don't know if you guys have caught that on Netflix. I haven't caught that yet. I need to get get that. That villain will make your hair stand up. Um, (laughs) So, sorry, Cooch, just... Uh, you just mentioned Mysterio now, and all I want to say about it about Mysterio is I've always loved him as a character, like in the comic books and as a trading card, and I've always found him to be really interesting to draw and all of that. But I, uh, if you, if our dear listeners, if you have not yet seen the new um, Spider-Man movie, uh, then I'm sorry that this is like a serious spoilers coming ahead. So just maybe just mute me for like five seconds or ten seconds yeah, or whatever. Mute Paul for the next three minutes. But Far From Home did anything well, and it did a lot of good things in my opinion, but it made it, it actually showed me what Mysterio's power actually is. It showed me how, like, like how effective he can actually be as a villain, and I loved that. I, I, I when that, I mean, I, I was expecting it, you know, it sort of had the one-two punch in the movie, but when he does what he does, I was like, oh my word, this is so cool. This is like Mysterio. This is what he does. He's not like a, he's not just special effects. But he is. <laughs> so anyway, like that was really cool. So Robert, you caught that, right? Yeah, I did. I I thought it was a fantastic movie, and it's nice that yes, in the end it comes down to kind of like fisticuffs, but it's not about the fisticuffs between Spider-Man and Mysterio. You know, it's it's ideas, and it's kind of like how Mysterio twists messages and changes things the way that people think about things, and it's about revenge. I think you know they obviously all have this axe to grind against heroes. Oh, the power of information in that film is so cool because you've also got J. Jonah Jameson, who's also got his own spin on things. And has always been, you know, he's already like um, spinning up his anti-Spider-Man propaganda. And that was really cool. It's just, 
I just love that. It it actually it's the film universe's way of going. Oh, this is why Spider Man is hated because there's no way you can believe people hate Spider Man. Um, Hold on. In Marvel Night universe. Monkey. <laughs> before before we get to the burning building, you know my math is spotty, so I gotta ask Robert. I think yeah. MJ says she was sixty seven percent certain he was Spider Man, right? Peter Parker. I think yeah, she does say that. What's sixty seven <laughs> away from a hundred? That's thirty three, my friend. <laughs> There's a uh, new, new tiger in town, MJ. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, guys. I will say this much about away from home, uh, far away from home, far. What, that's what it's called, yeah. Um, it's it, it it showed me an interesting um plot arc in Tony Stark, uh, even posthumously, because mm. I went back and watched Iron Man not too long ago, and in that film, the crux of it is he's trying to keep the arc generator out of the hands of people who would weaponize it. Mm. Flash forward yeah. to far away from home. There are a bunch of these armed killer drones flying around. Spider-Man wrecks one, the first one, and what pops out onto the street? A mini arc generator. Generator, yeah, arc reactor, yeah. Rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. Tony Stark. He always knowledge. was warmonger, and that is his legacy, I guess. And the problem, yeah, the thing is, like, the lesson there is, is that no matter what you do to try and save the world somebody's always going to find a way to use that same technology to destroy it. And, I mean, that was Einstein's whole thing as well, you know, when he, when they were We've working on the Manhattan Project. Toys. So, yeah, yeah. Steve, <laughs> I, think, I think you're the best man to explain your topic to our listeners because I'm sure they're going to want to play along. We're going to play a little game, guys. So, uh, here at G.I. Joburg, we are the masters of original content, and uh, we totally didn't <laughs> this idea from Star Joe's. We did. Um, we totally the did. Topic, the topic is the a little bit of a spin on the uh, desert island toys slash burning building argument. Uh, we have four categories, the natural four categories for a G.I. Joe collector, and they are G.I. Joe figures, Cobra figures, G.I. Joe vehicles, and Cobra vehicles. You can select for each category a year. And you would have every toy released in that year in that category. So say we picked 1985's G.I. Joe figures. We'd have all those boys. Uh, Lady J, <laughs> girl, um, Flint, Quick Kick, et al. All the single carded releases, every single one. In pristine order, all accessories, delicious. But it does mean that that year is then off the table for Cobra figures, for G.I. Joe vehicles, and for Cobra vehicles. So, adding that little restriction to your uh, selection process, how do you switch it up? How do you select vehicles and figures from different years that are complementary? What are your favorites? Dear listener, you can play along. I suggest at this point, if you understand, if you have a good enough grasp of the topic uh, perhaps pause this episode and give it a bit of thought, jot down a few of your favorites, uh, and at least maybe get to grips with your own thought process on the topic, and then uh, resume to hear our favorites with a twist. Because in this episode, <laughs> we're all about <laughs> play, playing around with our selections. Um, 
each one of us has been tasked to guess the favorites of another. And it's kind of randomized so that uh, uh, Rob and I won't be guessing for each other. <laughs> uh, which is important because, you know, childhood friends tend to have a little bit more insight, perhaps. Um, so, yes, everyone's on a level playing field, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, I don't exactly know how to begin, but I imagine the first topic would be G.I. Joe figures. Uh, do you guys want to do this alphabetically? Firstly, I would never take toys to a desert island because that would mean I'd have to make the terrible choice of having to decide which one of them to eat when I'm dying of starvation. Um, for starters. And secondly, Stevens made me paranoid enough to like now want to put all of my favorite years and stuff into one single box so that it's easy to grab those box and run out of my house if all else fails. So. <laughs> no, dude, you just need to like throw yourself at that fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll put like, it out. <laughs> yeah, put it out or die, basically. Yeah. Cool, guys. Okay, so now that we're all in the same place. Steve, I think maybe we go year for year. Um, I don't know if that'll be tedious, because we're only going to go up to, what, 1990 or 89, hey? Mm, I don't understand the question, Paulie. Um, <clears throat> who saved so you were asking Joe figures from 82? And then no one mm, saved Alphabetical, like, right? Oh, but uh, we have to, we have to, we, you know, because you know, like each each player has We're to come guessing. up to bat, um, yes. and then the kind of the guesser then um, guesses and gives reasons, and then the, the 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 person up to bat is like, no, you're wrong because I like these guys rather. Mirror. Mirror. Okay, so okay, so well, I hopefully I don't go first. But as far as I can tell, I'm not going first. So, yeah, take us away, Steve. <laughs> All right, well, we'll kick it off in alphabetical order, <laughs> alphabetical. which means uh, Kujo would be the first person to give his uh, G.I. Joe figure selection. But first, I'm going to take a stab at guessing. <laughs> because I'd like to win the fabulous prize of uh, the knowledge that Unicron has been funded. How about that? Bing, ding, ding, ding. Hey. <laughs> Wait, I've just given the prize away. Uh, <laughs> oh no. I'll have to come up with something else. Keep it. So, gosh, <laughs> Curtis, my man. We all know that he is a huge Cobra fan. So that means I'm going to leave 1984 way, way the fuck alone. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of G.I. Joe figures, I think this is the toughest one to pick. But... I'm going to guess Kujo's a fan of the classics, and G.I. Joe characters really hit their stride in 85, I'd say. Yeah. 84 being off the table just means, like, you know, guys like Roadblock and Duke, Ricondo, he's going to have to leave those alone because of the Cobra consideration. So 85 would have to be his substitute, and 85 is a rock star year. I mean, fireman jump, baby. So how how correct or how incorrect am I, Cujo? That was my first choice, but not my final one. Ooh. And you're right, but I'm not going to wax it because you know somebody else picked that year. I went with 88 for the versatility. Hmm. You got Infantry and Hit and Run. You got Storm Shadow. You got Shockwave, who's a nice stand-in for Snake Eyes. You got Blizzard with the nicest hair in the game. Stop it. <laughs> um, let's see... 
you got you got a good mix of, of green figures. You, you have that. Uh, oh Christ, I, I forget that guy's name. You got Muskrat, so you got an animal companion. Spearhead, dude. 88 for me. I'm not going to go into the subsets. Spearhead. I just looked at the releases, the card release. And, and you got and you got Hardball, which was in a wrap by Word Burglar. So there you go. It should be Pudo. said that uh, vehicle drivers go in with the vehicles. So that's I also something to consider. Well, I don't know who would be the good guy boss out of the 88 group. Who would you pick? Because barbecue hmm. could be a jetpack guy. I mean, you put the helmet on, he could be. Gosh, there are no real high rankers in the 88s. Uh, they're all just, you know, grunts, really. Well, I know who would be the boss for me in 88, if I had to choose. Good. <laughs> but it's it is sub uh, subset related. <laughs> there's a Duke. There's the, there's a Duke and Tiger Force, dude. <laughs> hey. Hey. You're right. Uh, Tiger Force is strong. Ah, very good. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, you can't deny Tiger Force in '88. They are, uh, and and the two packs. I mean, I I'm I'm sort of I picked my list based on the fact that the two packs and and whatever subsets. Sky Patrol, etc., would be um, included with this as well. You sneaky rats. Well, Paul, you can expound upon that in uh, your segment, which is next. But first, who's guessing for Paul? Oh, shit, I think it's Rob. Rob had to guess which year Paul, what figures Paul year would save. Figures. <laughs> it was Joe's. This was, this was difficult, because like, they all spread out. Like, at least the ones that I, I kind of consider, like, favorites for you. <sighs> Hard for me to make the list too, Rob. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I think Joe's wise, like, a really classic year with, with like, good leader-type people would probably be 1984, I think. That's what I came up with in the end. I was, you got a Duke, you got a Ricondo... You have my favorite record. Maybe I was thinking about myself too much, but... <laughs> I think you might have been, because you're so close. <laughs> Okay, so not in 84. Okay, so that was my guess, 84. My, I think my backup would have been 85. Okay. So if that's I'm just further away. So that's, <laughs> that's only my Joe's selection. So we're just focusing on the Joe's now. We don't have to say anything about Joe's. Yeah, we're okay. doing the Joe's first. I guess I said 84, but, I, I, but you maybe think maybe 85. Dude, you must listen to that little voice in your head. That 85 is it's pretty spot was on. Was that the year? God, yeah. yeah. Do you know why? Because if I have to choose on 85, it's like Snake Eyes 85. Snake Eyes is like, that's my favorite Snake Eyes. Okay, mm. like in Vintage Line. You've got Shipwreck. You've got Quick Kick. Okay. You've got Flint. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, there's Bazooka, but that's fine. You know, and you've got <laughs> Lady K. You know, you basically got a lot of Team Sunbow there, uh, which for me is kind of a thing. You know, you've got... So there's like really great Joes in that in that era. In fact, I think the worst Joe in '85, and to be like, it just depends on who you speak to. But I mean, Bazooka would be like the worst Joe in '85. I mean, <laughs> ever. You know? and it's so pee -pee it's, it's you know? Some some people would say airtight. It's a little pee pee poo poo gun. <laughs> He's a little, yeah. I and like I mean, that gun. Yeah, well, that, Whoa, we had a right. conversation about that gun. But, um, conversation breaker. Dynamite in small packages. Footloose <laughs> is like something that, uh, Footloose is a character that for me is kind of a, like a, 
like I mean he's there, you know, but he's kind of like a non-entity for me. So I'm like, yeah, I can non-entity with my Joes on this one, totally. You know, why not? Yeah, so close. <laughs> leather, leather neck, <laughs> leather shoulders. All right, so so far neither neither myself or Rob have managed to get off the starting blocks. Let's see if someone no. can earn a point. Uh, next up would be the selection of Robert. Oh, mine. What? Oh, yeah. Paul has to guess. Is it Paul? Is Paul guessing? Yes, Paul's no, guessing. No, I'm guessing. It's man. Cujo. You're guessing. Okay. Yeah, Kujo's guessing you. I gotta get Steve. So. Hold on, I'm refreshing myself. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Have some tea. So Stephen tasked me with going into the mind of Robert. I've been some dark places, guys. Um, <laughs> My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard in their life. <laughs> I'm going to say this. That was devastating. That, I'm going to say this. Okay, that Robert though. is a, a loyal guy. He, he, he liked the year 1989. Scoop came out. That was also the year that the Game Boy came out. Remember that, Robert? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think you went 89. Am I wrong? You're right. But it's not to scoop though. I mean, there's like a really cool version of Stalker in that year. Um, Snake Eyes version three, my favorite version of Snake Eyes. The update of Rock and Roll is brilliant, and I even own Rec- Recoil as well. Recoil is pretty cool, and I can put up with having DJ. You're exactly right. I mean, for me, it was between 85 and 89 for my Joes, just so you know. Mm. Your other figures can look at DJ. (laughs) (laughs) You can't escape the pixel wave music. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe I don't like the figure, but I like the type of music he he makes. so. So 89 is definitely a win for me when it comes to Joe figs. Cannot escape from death. (laughs) <laughs> the cloven hoof <laughs> of the DJ. Finally, it's me. Who's uh, who's guessing my my pick? That unfortunate task is left up to me, dude. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, Paulie. Good luck, buddy. You're going in. So you have to figure out your Joes. Um, I'm just, I've just, I, I have thought about this, but I'm just quickly going over. The different years quickly again. Because I have an idea of which one you're going to go for. He doesn't want to be wrong. Yeah, I just don't want to be um, that simple. Because I'm just thinking of like, I know that there's certain Cobras that you would take over certain Joes. Um, okay, let's see. Hmm. Damn it. I hate being so indecisive sometimes. Because, <laughs> you know, I I don't know why, but like... I can imagine Steve like taking honestly like I can imagine you being very happy with um 82 but the thing is like 82's re-releases so when they were re-released with swivel arms in 83 I can see you being very happy with all of the Joes in 83 I can see that but the problem is is that 83 has Destro and Cobra which might put you off because I know how you like old Chrome Dome so, <clears throat> do it. So it looks like we might have to go a little bit down. Pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Pull the pull the trigger. No, no, no. It's it's definitely you not have 85. To <laughs> Take it. Paul saves his uh, his decision making process for the air. 
It's like he hasn't actually <laughs> premeditated this decision. It's like it's happening right before your very ears. But uh, but this is more interesting for viewers. I want them to go on the journey with me because I am I have actually done this and I would thought and like as I'm going through it again, I'm like things have changed. But for some reason, Steve, I don't know. 86 keeps ringing for me with you. I don't know why. It's just I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that um, old commander in chief Hawk is in there. Leatherneck, low light. No, yeah, low lights in there. Uh, there. Beachheads in there, yeah. Yeah. Roadblock and a cool roadblock uh, as uh, on that as well. Wetsuit. The cool roadblock. Jeez, watch out, bro. I'm step on some toes there. <laughs> so you're pulling the trigger on 86, Paul? Yeah, I'm gonna say it's 86 because yeah, because of his love for Destro and other lines. So. All right, pal. Well, when I discovered the internet and uh, the ability that it unlocked. Once you had a credit card uh, at your disposal, <laughs> my eye fell immediately upon two figures, and they were both on the same card back, uh, a sort of a, a legendary card back that I had, which predated um, most of the, well, all of the other card backs that I had uh, to my disposal. So this this card back accompanied me to the toilet a lot, <laughs> <laughs> where I would pore over these little little bite-sized images of, of figures. The two figures were. Hawk, from 1986, uh, and Lady J, who I hadn't realized, but she came out the year prior, in 1985. And uh, I eventually went with 85 as my selection, for much the same reasons as you, and I'll add a few more. Uh. Uh, Just a, a trio of reasons, really. Quality, because everybody had incredible accessories, Unique mm. accessories. Uh, you know, you could put together quite a nifty arsenal of like climbing gear, thanks to Alpine, submachine guns, uh, machine guns. You had a, if you didn't like um, the rocket launcher that came with Bazooka, you had the one that came with, uh, with Footloose. You had a bloody flintlock pistol. Or percussion pistol, for crying out loud. And probably two of the most memorable animal companions, if, uh, you know, if you're Cujo and that sort of thing means anything to you. Um, you've got diversity, both in function and just the kind of, uh, the, the, the types of characters that make up the team. And mm. then you've got that X factor that 1985 seemed to have. Which I think, for most people, was because it was, the real hot streak of the cartoon and comic book. And, you know, those characters are somewhat reserved in a very special place. In kind of a hall of, hall of fame. Anyway, so 85 is where, where, where I, I find myself. And that's not to say I'm not a big fan of the later stuff. Certainly it's gonna hurt no. to have Shockwave at my disposal. But, yeah. you know, that, that Snake Eyes, the mystique that he has, it's, uh, it's a powerful thing. Well, you see, one of the reasons I also thought, like, I looked at 85 quite extensively um, when I was figuring this out, and also when I was figuring out my own year, and I, I always said to myself, ah, oh, Steven's not going to take these Joes because he's going to want those Cobras for the eel, but then <clears throat> it only dawned on me now, as I, like, said, 86, I was like, oh, wait, he doesn't want a handful of Dreadnoughts, and I was like, ah, oh, he's going to take the Joes, and then he said 85. 
Bingo! Jeez, dude, you are thinking just like me at that point. I mean, like, yeah, you got those cool uh, army builders from 85, but then you got to deal with fucking them and the dreadnoughts. Forget that noise. <laughs> Crimson God ain't that cool. <laughs> okay, it really is. Crimson God, Snow Serpent, and Eel were big ones for me. Oh, poor smelly viper. The door almost swung the other way for me. So after round one, the only one with a point is Robert. Ding, ding, ding. Oh no, sorry, Kujo. Kujo got the point. America always gets the raw deal. The only one out exiting round one with a point is Kujo. Ding, ling, ling. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, Stephen, don't worry, I'll keep Shockwave company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'll be safe in the knowledge that somebody's got him. There you go. Our next round is Cobra Figure. My goodness. I think we will have the winner of our previous round start this one off. So we're going to be talking about Rob's selection for Cobra Figures. And Cujo is going to uh, try his best to preempt Rob's decision. Mm-hmm. I just went off of a single figure. Uh, what oh, year did the bat come out? I think he went with the bat because that he probably played with that villain the most yeah it it is 1986 (laughs) oh zing oh my word that's incredible Cujo is 2 for 2 Cujo is cheese the bat is just so awesome because also that year as well comes with vipers so you have kind of like an army building dude and then you have a main bad guy in, in, in Mindbender who can be taking like orders off screen from Cobra Commander. So even if you don't have Cobra Commander, you still have Mindbender who can mess around with, with the Joes. And you have Serena. Exactly. Exactly. I've got a couple of Dreadnoughts who can die a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, to be fair, you actually have the coolest Dreadnoughts. Yeah, wow. you know. Pink is pink is pink is pretty cool. Uh, and at monkey wrench. Kind of, at least they stand. Oh shit! Not oh, I forgot about monkey wrench. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'll take monkey wrench. I'll keep him safe for Steven. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, dude. Mindbender, the bat, and the vipers are oof. Yeah, they are totally worth make. They make this year. You're set. You don't need anything else. On the subject of mindbender, I've been doing a bit of a a read of of. Uh, the G.I. Joe IDW run, heaven help me. <laughs> and Good luck. I I mean it's it's interesting to see what has been retained by our illustrious scribe and what has been kind of lost to the mists of time. And of course everyone mm. always zeroes in on Sneak Peek being resurrected from the dead. But I do honestly believe that one of the most forgotten facts in G.I. Joe, is that the Mindbender in current continuity is not the original Mindbender. Say what? It's that Mindbender's clone. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) It's it's not the same guy. Dr. Mindbender died in the freighter. Anyway, it's just one of those things that's, you know... Jeez, you're saying you're going as far back as the freighter. I thought Mindbender died like much later in close to the like the 150s, like Blue. earlier. You know, with the with the whole snake guys trying to assassinate Cobra Command. Silent Castle. Well, there you go, yeah. Paul. You've forgotten it as well. 
Oh, Mindbender, ever since he died in the, the landlocked freighter, he, the version that you see from now onwards is a clone of that version. It's a different <laughs> Mindbender. Anyways, uh, this just get, became something that I, like, I, I guess familiarity breeds contempt. But I will get into modern Joe comics... Perhaps we'll make a topic yeah, out of it. The next episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I've, yeah, I've had a chance to read one now, so, yeah. Well, there we go. Paul can talk about that one issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been reading them all, guys. I've been reading them all. And, yeah, I, I think um, you've just got a classic case of, like, no editor in the world would dare try to uh, correct the master. I don't blame him. I think creative people should create and then forget. You know, they should always move forward in one direction. It's the job of the mm, pencil yeah. pushers, you know, the bureaucrats, mm-hmm. the editors, to mm. to, uh, yeah, to call, call them out on, on, on... Yeah, exactly, continuity gaffes. But I don't think there's anyone in existence who outranks Mr. Hammer. <laughs> so, Excuse me, Mr. Hammer? On G.I. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> I'm just a Dude, nit picker, I... picker of nits, and those people are the lowest form of scum. They are the Ooh. death of creative endeavors. But I can't shut off my brain. Scum. I can't shut off my brain <laughs> when you've got like a tank operated by Covergirl, Wildcard, Cross Country, and Steeler, and Wildcard is the tank commander. Wildcard. No. Yeah. Wildcard. Steeler is actually <laughs> a ranking we're officer. Into territory that's not burning buildings. Hey, Kujo, keeping us on point. <laughs> I'm up next. I'm up next. I'm up next. Cobra figures. Paul, you got to guess, yeah. brother. Who am I repping in the Cobra ranks? Mm, Who do okay. I take with me to that desert island, and why? Motivate oh, your answer. Go, answer. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I I got to say with quite a bit of certainty that as far as Cobra villains go, the year you would probably go for is 83. Because for you, I think it's not so much about having the variety of them, it's just like having the right ones. And uh, what better year than 83, where you have Destro and Cobra Commander, you know, carded. And not just Destro, the, in your eyes, the best version of Destro. And uh, that's the most classic version of, of Cobra Commander, and it's actual real Cobra Commander, it's not his clone and yeah you know you get, you get blood there for good measure so i think yeah so i i think that would be your year for villains personally because i don't think i've heard anybody speak about those uh, about destro especially the figure with the amount of reverence that you do but that that would be the i don't know that's just the one that stands up for me hmm. you know i um up until the moment you started talking i was Gonna go with 86. <laughs> Stick with what you wrote down. <laughs> no, no, fuck that noise. Poor losers. Uh, the qu- quality over quantity. I was honestly gonna stick myself with a year that had Dr. Mindbender in it. In it. And mm. no, absolutely. Can't believe not. you're hating on Mindbender. Like, 86 has got two key troop builders but i do believe if you've got a swivel arm officer and a swivel arm trooper blue shirts you kind of almost don't need any troop builders beyond that like it's like 
those guys have got it covered. They are the Cobra Legion. They're 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 it. Mm. Uh, army build them and give them distinct specialities. The only thing that is hurting now is that of my G.I. Joe and Cobra years, I don't have a single frogman. I always like the underwater stuff and eighty five yeah. and eighty three have, have well, eighty five for the Joe and eighty three for the Cobra don't have that. But neither did eighty six. Yeah, Oopsie. Paul, you have you have swung me. Uh yes. I flip flopped. <laughs> So 83 That Destro with a chromed helmet. My god, man. What was I thinking beyond that? I mean, I, of course, it makes perfect sense. Mm. And was there a single carded uh, Cobra Commander in that year? I thought he was still mail away. No, it's 83. He's carded. Yeah, I'm looking at 3D Joes. Yeah. Fantastic. And, because and 83 of course, is all of the 82 stuff uh, with swivel on carded yeah. anyway. So, yeah. Nice. And yeah. Major Blood is in there, so I can you know, have him die first again. <laughs> exactly. And also, like, another thing, and this is a bit of an insider thing as well. Uh, and I, I mean, this is just looking at your, your habits and stuff. But until uh, you never had a mind vendor um, until recently, is that, uh, isn't that true? Correct. Yeah. So if Mindbender was really that important to you, you would have had him in your collection already, uh, long before you had like Destro and CC. So Paul put a lot more thought into this than you thought he did. <laughs> but unpopular opinion, uh, maybe. I think I might be the only non-Mindbender fan in this podcast. Mm. My God. Kujo lives in the land of Mindbender, and uh, Rob and Paul mm-hmm. have been repping that figure for. Oh, for some time now. Yeah, yeah. You're good Hell, boy. Paul's even the voice of Dr. Mindbender, crying out loud. <laughs> yes, I'm even the voice of Dr. Mindbender. <laughs> I love that character. Bravo, bravo. All right, now I'm going to roll the dice on what Cujo's uh, Cobra figure selection year would be. And this one is a no-brainer. 1984, come on. I mean, amongst other things, Scrap Iron. I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> you dirty dog. And Get out I of mean... my mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Easy point. Yes. I'm surprised you didn't think this one through, Stephen. Yes, blue shirts are good, but it's really about like the the clicks. So like you get the I have to I have to include the mail away Cobra Commander. So the dark dark blue Cobra Commander, Scrap Iron and Baroness. That's a nice team. Add Wild Weasel. That's more. Uh, you don't get him though. Yeah, you have to take the vehicles. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, but oh, at least you can no. firefly. You see how this game is rather tricksy. I mean, by now, two years are off the table for a lot of us. So it starts to really limit your selections. And you have to kind of, just like chess, play the long game. It's like, hmm, using myself as an example, like if I was to pick 84's Cobra sort of hierarchy, that would then remove, like, the Rattler from the table for me. Mm-hmm. So whoever's guessing for me has to keep that in mind. Uh, Don't twist so. the, the Cobra Commander knife. Um, I think I'm going <laughs> to... I'll stick with I'll stick with my guns. I'll go 84 on the strength of Hooded Cobra Commander paired up with Scrap Iron and Baroness. Baroness is a wild card. She can create triangles with opposing forces. You know what I mean? And her triangle. Firefly's good, and you have two specialists. You don't have infantry. It's not good, but 
I'm still going to go with 84. That's, yeah, you got me, Steven. Um, you got Storm Shadow, dude. Yeah, you see, Steven's right, though. You have to think long long game. I mean, that's why I haven't chosen 93 yet. Because you know how much I love the power driver. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's the first person oh. going to like rip up in the roof with a, a 90s year? That's just always, hey. always going to like get a double take, triple take. Like, what? You did what? <laughs> Eco Force? It's like a Metal Gear Solid moment. So next up would be would be Robert trying to guess Paul's Cobra figures year. Mm. God damn it! Well, for this one, like I, I I thought he would want the exact same year that I wanted, which was '86, because he loves Mindbender so much, and you get the Vipers. So the same reasoning for myself, but for Paul. That's why I went '86. I was like, you you can't not have. You can't not want 86. Like, what other years are there? 87? What's an 87? Rubbish. Oh, there's Techno Viper. And? Oh, shit. Cobra Commander. And? Oh, and Croc Master. Oh, no. Did I make a mistake again? And? I missed by one. (laughs) (laughs) You're like me when I I try to guess the years of figures. You're like always one year off. And Crystal Ball, oh my god, I made a mistake. Yeah, this is a bumper year for me for bad guys, dude. All the freaks, I mean, I love them freaks. I need to add one to all of my choices <laughs> from now on. I literally chose all of the freaks over Storm Shadow, so, like, that was <laughs> the first thing. And yeah, dude, Mindbender was seriously up for consideration. It's actually why I made my little uh, quip about having the two best Dreadnoughts earlier, is because uh... um, I like Saranen. Yeah, but I like the character of Serena. I'm not the biggest fan of the toy. I don't think she's that great as as a toy. She's cool, but um, and Xandar with his huge noggin, <laughs> um, and the bats. I mean, you guys know how much I love the bats, but you know nobody's gonna love the freaks like I love the freaks. You know, like Raptor, Crocmaster, so Big Boa. Yeah. So. Are you saying you're single again? <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, actually recently had somebody made quite a good comment about my choice in woman. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> as a bonus, I... By the end of round two, the points are as follows. I'm off the board with one. Uh, hey. Rob has zero. Huge oh, has no. two points. And Paul has one point. So, there advantage North America. Yeah. Yeah. all. Must be all the games. Damn, son. <laughs> all right. This is going to get really thrilling with the vehicles, I'm just saying. There you go. No. <laughs> mm. Okay. Since we just heard from uh, from Rob, let's hear from Rob again. Give him another chance hey. at uh, getting off the starting blocks. <laughs> uh, which vehicle pool do you suppose Paul selected? Okay, so... Originally, for G.I. Joe... I was going to go with 87 because it has Mobile Command Center. But obviously, Mobile Command Center, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's trumped by Raptor. <laughs> Gosh darn it. So now oh, I have it's thrown your one. whole scheme out, has it? <laughs> exactly, it has. Paul selected 87 as his figure. That's where I was going. I was 87. So I have to add one. It's going to work this time. Watch, guys. I add one, and this will be easier. So 1988. <laughs> Paul's oh, my God. The Desert Fox, dude, the Mean you did Dog, drop a hint earlier Phantom on, X19, <laughs> and the Sky Storm, and the Warthog AI FV, and the Rolling Thunder. You see, did I did, did I do it? Yeah, yeah, you got it, dude. You you got it because hey, Rob's off the mark. 
Yeah, I, I mean, like, like I mean, for 87 for the Joes, yeah, wow. Um, spoiled for choice. We got the Defiant, and then we got a whole bunch of other stuff I don't like. <laughs> no, in the Mobile Command Center, I was like, you had to, you yeah. had to, ah, you, yeah, you did anything for it. Yeah, MCC and Defiant are like the winners here, but then I have to take the Slam, the illustrious uh, Road Toad, um, you know, <laughs> like... But you then know you I mean? get the crossfire, which is like a better version of the, of, of other things that aren't so cool. Off car, and then um, the coastal defender. The entire BF2K vehicles, but no drivers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I could have passed up on that. So yeah, Rob, you like you nailed it, dude. Because I've discovered the pattern. Yeah. As far as Joe vehicles go, I've pretty much got all of these except for the Desert Fox, the Swamp Masher, and the Skystorm. Oh, well, and the who cares? But like, yeah, there's the <laughs> Thunder in here, there's the Warthog in here, there's the Mean Dog in here, there's the Phantom. You know, what more could a kid want? You know, from, I, from I, yeah, for Joe I Toys. Knew it. So. I knew it, Indeed. my original thinking was one year off. Well played, Rob, well played. Oh, well, Paul, <laughs> you can hang on to the mic. Why don't you tell us what you think I selected? Hehehe. <laughs> Okay, I just got to find... I just want to get that year quickly. Cause he wants I, to check again. He, wants oh, to make sure. he just wants to make up his mind live on air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He wants I to convince exactly. you of his answer. <laughs> I know exactly. Exactly. Because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, this is part of his psychological warfare. He's going psych <laughs> out on us. He's like, he wants Stephen to stew in his juices for a little bit. He doesn't even own psych out. One-two punch of like ums yeah. and ahs. <laughs> I'm going to say it's 84's vehicle selection. For the G.I. Joe. Alright. Shit, yeah, now I've just given the game away. Poop. Poop services. Ooh, I better change my mind all of a sudden. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I just said why I chose that. You know, anyway. Um, okay, so vehicles. I actually think, to be fair, I think you might actually go for the same year as me. And why is that? Because you also own most of the vehicles from this year, you know, you. I think you'd go for the same year as Joe's as I did, because there's a lot of winners here that I know that you like quite a lot. You know, the Warthog is a winner for both of us. Uh, you own the Rolling Thunder, and it's a really cool toy. The uh, Desert Fox is something that you're quite warm on. The Phantom, and I know that you love yourself the Skystorm. Plus, you'll get all of the best Tiger Force vehicles as well. So. I don't know, I just, that, for me, that just sort of seals it. Like, that, that's what I feel you would go for. Um, and it was actually kind of a toss-up between that and I think it's 83, is it 83 that the Sky Striker comes out on? Yeah. That was the other one. That yeah, was also... Yeah, the Sky Striker, 83HQ. HQ. No, so it's between those two, definitely. Ah, oh, dude, you're, you're so difficult with this because... <laughs> I don't know if you like that stupid jet. <laughs> and it's not stupid, let's be fair. But, uh, Which jet is that? The X-19 or the XPF-14? <laughs> no, the, the XPF-14. XP-14F, yeah. Whoa, sorry. Um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm going to still go with 88, eh? As much as you like the Sky Striker, I don't see you wanting the same year that comes with the... Um, well, I don't know. I've just never seen you get that excited about the Polar Battle Bear, even though you've got it, and the Wolverine, <laughs> and the Pack Rats. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't feel that you'd want to take all of that with your Sky Striker. I think you'd much rather have bigger vehicles you can load up full teams on. Anyway, that's my thing. 
It's 88. And you'd be right. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One for Paul. No, two for Paul. <laughs> two points for Paul. Gee whiz. Okay. Things are getting mm. interesting. Cooge and Paul are tied up. Uh, let's see if Cooge can keep up his hot streak. Guessing for Rob. Oh. Mm. G.I. Joe vehicles. Thanks for the yeah, reminder. This is the only one I didn't have a good feel on. I think Robert would want a more intimate play setting. I think the Ram is something he might enjoy. <laughs> I, did, I didn't mean to step into that one. That was not intentional. I'm going to go with the year that the, the Ram cycle came out because, I don't know, it feels like the right year. 82 for Robert on the G.I. Joe toys. That is that is a good year. I mean, you you get some nice pieces with the flak and the howl. Um, the ram is I, I love ramen. The artwork is fucking brilliant. You get a, a vamp. I mean, this is probably the most widest selection of like stuff and stuff you can do with Joe's. Um, yeah, actually, it was any two. <laughs> you are fucking kidding me. No. <laughs> You're yeah, throwing the game, insane. but I appreciate it. Is this fixed? No, I'm not throwing the game. It's incredible. I'm because, surprised I mean, you didn't since... go 84. But yeah. Well, 84 is cool. Like the it has whale, a bunch dude. of really cool stuff. The whale, yeah, for sure. But like by this point, I don't, I don't have any like sea, sea people. So like, who the hell's gonna get on the whale? No one. No one's gonna get on the whale. With this selection of of things, I mean, you can set up a base. You got to jump. You can get to the air. You have a Mobat, which, I mean, you maybe love the Mobat with the ability for it to move backwards and forwards and fucking... It's so heavy, it's so... It's... <laughs> ah! And the Vamp is, is a gorgeous little vehicle. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. And then Ramming. I'm I'm ram, ram. Did you Did you... Li- do you like the Mobat? Were you like, fuck, <laughs> it's so heavy. <laughs> I, I couldn't no, understand I, if I, I like that it's, I like... No, I like that it's so hefty. Like, it's got so much oh. heft to it. Like, a lot of other toys you'll find, obviously because of the mechanism, it makes it a lot easier. Um, 84 is definitely kind of, yeah, a contender with the killer whale. But, like, then I'd have to have have the slugger. Ugh. I don't (laughs) like the slugger. (laughs) But what I will say, though, 1988 wasn't also a very heavy contender. 88 could have been, like, the year, but then all three of us would have had 88. Because I felt like, I felt like Stephen would choose 88. So I think mm. I would have won a point there. So I was like, let me. I need a different year. And '82 is definitely one of the more bumper original years of GI Joe. That was really up. your pick. Yes. Fascinating. Why would I lie to you? I don't. You calling me a liar? That just uh, leaves me to try and select Cujo's uh, G.I. Joe vehicle year selection. And currently on the board for Cujo, he took 88 for his Joe figures, 84 for his Cobra figures, for which I earned a point. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, Because it was a no-brainer. With G.I. Joe vehicles, this is another tough one, I'm going to say. Oh, damn. The man loves his Cobra Hiss. Mm. So that would take 83 off the table, venerable as that year might be. Like but box. then again, the man also likes his Cobra Terradrome. So I'm going to do a little shuffle, and without giving too much away for the next round, I think in terms of G.I. Joe vehicles, 
the Sky Striker, the Dragonfly, and the Wolverine are are way up there for Mr. Cujo. Though he did settle on 88 as his figure year, so I think all bets are off. But I'm gonna stick with my guns and say that Cujo's vehicle selection would be from the year 1983. Mm. I'm sorry, brother. I gotta rob you again. Oh, damn. I'm sucking at this. If you <laughs> don't go 85 for the Joe figures, you're probably going to go for the vehicles. My only thing is the G.I. Joe does not have like, uh, and you know, sink the flag. My, my, my play patterns were much smaller, even smaller than the tactical battle platform. I think like with the figure I picked, Blizzard, you got Blizzard, you got Storm Shadow. They both fit with the Snowcat. Mm. Um I've seen I've seen the way the Mauler makes people smile, so I, I think I <laughs> picked out the Armadillos. It's a classy favorite, and it'll be a nice matchup against my Cobra vehicles. But the Striker, think about it. How do you avoid that? It's got one of the most interesting guns. I mean, that gun could blow a hole in a mountain, or it could be some kind of heat laser. It's just and too much you get fun. A bike. You get the Silver Mirage. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. How do you say no to the Silver Mirage? <laughs> I don't. No Silver Mirage. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's well, out. <laughs> I, I, don't remember, I don't remember playing with it much when I had it back in the day. But Yeah, because you look at it. You just, you just kind of admire it. You don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's my Joe vehicles though. Oh, you know I'm a flaming idiot for not uh, not noticing that 85 was wide open. I stuck to my guns uh, to my own detriment, but that's okay. Good selection, dude. I'm glad gotcha. 83 at least I, I, I sort of entered it into the consideration because damn man, Sky Striker. Well, would you put the Oz Striker as one of the more versatile vehicles in the line, like just yeah, for personality for sure. sake? Totally. All Strike is great. Yeah. In some ways, I prefer it to the Vamp. You do realize, though, that like through the, the, the Swivel Arm releases, the Vamp can be considered a 1983 release as well? Eh, mm. Something to think about. So, 83 is actually a bumper year for vehicles, Kuju. I'm just going to kind of motivate my incorrect decision <laughs> <laughs> one more time. Because um, you would get the... Yeah, you'd get a retread of, of some of the, the, the hits from the previous year. But anyways, yeah, the Ore Striker Perfection. We did an episode about Jeeps, like, in the 30s. And it was yeah. up there, man. Notice I didn't mention the bridge layer. Let's let's never discuss that. <laughs> it's a cool toy. All right, so after round three... Cujo streaks ahead with a three for three. Oof. It's lottery ticket time. <laughs> Paul is in second position with two uh, points. And Rob, you and me are bringing up the rear with a point apiece. Hell yeah. Hell to the year. I'm doing so much better at this game than any other game that we've ever played. All right, you can keep <laughs> mouthing off because uh, you can guess which my Cobra figure year was. <laughs> Cobra vehicle year. Vehicle well, year. Yeah, thank, thank you, Rob. Uh, no, I, I appreciate when Rob reiterates these things. I was fast asleep when I wrote up this chart. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm much more awake now. Thank you. Continue. So I think uh, I'm going to say 84 was quite like firm conviction because it has the Rattler, which I know you love. It's got a Cobra Stinger, which is also awesome. It's got the claw, 
and the asp which i know that is something that you would have never really gone for until you got your hands on one and realized oh, okay this thing's actually pretty cool um the chameleon because importantly, it yeah. comes with zartan you could have just led with that paul and saved us all <laughs> 84 his chameleon yeah you could just say one word <laughs> zartan yeah, but I mean, you know, there has to be a little bit of a drama, you know, to this thing. I mean, we are, at the end of the day, producing an award-winning podcast here. You know what I mean? So we have to have some kind of flair. What did we win? Um, but yeah, Zartan, dude. I mean, as soon as I, w- I was looking through all of this and I was like, oh, Steve loves that. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Chameleon's actually a vehicle and Zartan's technically a vehicle driver. <laughs> 84. <laughs> that was what, that's what swayed me. And then you said something earlier in the episode and I was like, Oh, yes, it's definitely 84. (laughs) (laughs) Little nuggets. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, that's, I guess, uh, as valid a point to base it on as any. Like, we've got a good good feel for each other. We we should, at least, by now. Um, uh, I I seem to not have terribly good feel on on Cujo these days, but (laughs) (laughs) that's okay. Um, Feel him a bit more. Still a lot of time. Damn, son. 88. You really came out of nowhere with that one. Okay, 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 wise guy. Rob, do you want to try and uh, uh, win one back, buddy? Oh, and guess which year Paul chose. So originally yeah. I chose 88 mm-hmm. because 88 has the Cobra Bug. And I was like, it has to be that. I mean, Cobra Bug, he's got a bit of spaceship going on there with the stiff status to letter. But I mean, otherwise, oh, and then you got all the Iron Grenadier vehicles. Those are pretty sweet. So that's what I thought. But of course, we've all... By this point, we've all realized i got to add one. I'm, I'm slightly off here. So actually, it's 89. The Cobra Condor. Oh. The Cobra Fang 2. The Cobra Hiss 2. Uh, the Devastator, because it's, it's devastating. You can't not have that. Um, and a Hovercraft, because he doesn't want a Hovercraft. As well as Darkman's Evader and Best of all, Destro's Razorback. Wild Boar. And oh, dude. you adding in the Python Patrol. And the Python Patrol stuff, yeah. So, I, I'm going 89. Def, that, yeah. That's a very compelling argument, and based on your previous formula, you know, you would have Wait, been right. It, no, it didn't, unfortunately. Holy shit. I love the Cobra Condor. It is unmistakably beautiful. It's one of my favorite jets ever. Cobra oh, Fang 2 has lots of happy Paul memories, as does the His 2. Um, all th- uh, two of the, uh, of the three things here, two of which I actually own, I'd love to get my hands on a Fang 2 again. 1986, then. No, and why would you say that? I would say that because it's got the Night Raven and the Terrodrome. Uh-huh. And it has a Firebat. Uh-huh. Ooh, and all the Dreadnought vehicles. Damn it. Uh-huh. Yeah, not oh, just all it. the Dreadnought vehicles, the Dreadnought vehicle. <laughs> a Thunder Machine. Ah, jeez. Yep, and I get the boss of Cobra, well... You know, I get Serpentor as well with his Cobra Air Chariot. So yeah, dude, 86. I I didn't think this through. I gotta say, dude, if I had to grab all my toys, I'm, I'm telling you, all of these things I'm putting into the big bucket that is the Cobra Terradrome, <laughs> and I'm carrying the Night Raven under my arm <laughs> with everything <laughs> in the middle of the Terradrome and getting it out of here. That's how I'm doing it. <laughs> because that Terradrome, not only is it just like a really cool thing, um, it's very special to me, like especially with the whole journey it took to get you. Mm. Um, and like you know, in this scenario we're playing, we're not just playing a sort of like a, a Christmas wish list. We kind of this is, these are our collections we're talking about as well, and we have emotional connections to these toys. And I have very strong emotional connections with my Cobra Terradrome and my Night Raven 
and my um, Thunder Machine. They are great. They are absolutely amazing. Now I just need an actual Serpentor for my actual Cobra Air Chariot <laughs> because I don't have a Serpentor currently, just the Air Chariot. But uh, we're getting there. But next yeah, year, just, next. sorry, Rob, we just we stole a print. Uh, we stole it's a, a print. We're, we're, we're still becoming friends. It's fine. We're only 155 <laughs> episodes in. It's, it's just chilled. <sighs> Chip is magic. Episode 300. I'm going to weigh in now uh, with Cujo's Cobra vehicle year and say that of all the years, only one comes with a pet snake. Hmm. <laughs> I know you love the his tank, Cujo. Where are you going but with this, how, brother? How can you <laughs> deny the allure of the Night Raven, the Thunder Machine, uh... the Terradrome, and last but not least, a gold-dressed dude with a pet snake? <laughs> so you're saying is... he chose... Whoa. You what know year is he that? likes his reptiles. 1986. Hmm. Same as Paul. I, I, hate, I, I hate to say it, but... I was just about to break in. Who has ever had fun? And I'm a huge fan of one-handed vehicles. But have you ever had fun <laughs> oh, with the air chariot? <laughs> I have. I really have. I just, okay. I, it's just, I've got to put my modern era Serpento on it. Ew. <laughs> and what is it fighting? How does it fight? Is it like a helicopter? It just kind of whirls around the battlefield? Dude, have you never yeah, seen G.I. Joe the movie? The movie? Nah, he doesn't. He doesn't do anything. He's useless. Ah, that thing it. spouts like TIE fighter sound effects, man. <laughs> and X-Wings. <laughs> I don't know. You might sell me. It's not, the, it's not the year I picked, but I am intrigued now by the vehicle. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, uh, I love it. It's uh, so... Let me pose a question. Which vehicle has the best rivet work in the G.I. Joe line? Give it to me. The Tomahawk. Strike one. <laughs> Cobra vehicle. Oh, now you're asking a question. What do you got, Robert? The maggot? Damn. Strike two. Oh, Dude, no, okay, the hiss. Like... Fuck you. Come on. <laughs> Paul, what do you got? Ah, uh, jeez, best rivet work on a... Uh, dude, it's got to be like a... I don't know if it's the best, but it is pretty cool. And, and I hope my brain is seeing this correctly. Like, the Hiss has definitely got some, some good riveting, if I'm not mistaken. Don't know That's why I blanked out completely on this. The Fang. So like, the Fang. Come on. The Fang. Damn. The original Fang. It's always about the Fang at the end of the day. Well, this is why I like this year. You got the Fang. You got the Hiss, which is a good matchup against the Armadillo. You got the Snake Armor, which we've all seen in your G.I. Joburg production can run amok. Um... Mm-hmm. And uh, you got the Viper. That that could be interesting. That glider. I never actually played with one of those. Did you? Nobody did. Well, as much as I played with an air chariot. Oh, Kuja. <laughs> oh, Kuja. You're you're a classic when you want to be, but uh, I know. Yeah, you've also got some weird streaks in you. Well, yeah, dude. Comes I mean, out of left field. I I always thought that uh, the Night Raven would kind of edge out the. The venerable his tank for you, but I I never really considered the importance of the one man attack helicopter. One handed playing, oh, never yeah, forget right. that. Well, you gotta spin the roses with the other hand. Sometimes. Nah. Sometimes. <laughs> and 
don't be putting troops on those skids because they have a tendency to crack off. You only have half troops. Well, what what part of that vehicle isn't something that you can have action on? If people can hang on to any part. The gun, the gun is so sick, dude. Anyway. Yeah, the gun swivels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. It's gorgeous. I can shoot around corners. It was a surprise ball joint when I first got my hands on a hiss. I mean, on a fang. To uh, manipulate that ball was was I was like, what the hell is this? It's surprisingly fun. Early GI Joe had class, man. Instead yeah. of the That's stupid right. like claw and bar mechanism on the Fang Two, which makes the gun look like it's just got no ammo feed. It's just so you know disjointed from the be- you know the the front of the vehicle. Mm. Well, and that gun always looked cool from the the Hawk base in, in Empire. That yeah, EMP yeah. gun. Oh, the ion cannons. Yeah. I must say, the, the gun that I think of when I think of that joint is um, the sort of the machine guns on the front of the tanks in Kelly's Heroes. You know, there a lot of nice close-ups on those tanks firing those machine guns when they kind of, kind of raid the, the German uh, uh, railway station. Mm. Anybody ringing any bells? Hopefully people out oh, there no. in the Joburg verse are are remembering that sequence. I saw that movie a long time ago. I'll have to keep my eyes peeled. Well, fun fact for me with this vehicle is that I had a Fang 2 before I laid my hands on the original Fang. Um, and uh, I was also like, I had the same feelings about that uh, gun as uh, Steven does. It's like the, the Fang 2's chin gun is awesome. For me, it was awesome as a kid, and I had this toy, and then I saw the original Fang, and I always thought that that was fixed, you know, that that part was fixed from, I don't know, just for the longest time. And then one day, I think David wasn't looking, and I tried to move it, and it moves, and I was like, oh my word, it moves! It's like, this is so much cooler than the Fang 2. I couldn't have put that in there, but whatever. I can see the appeal, uh, Cooch. I can see the appeal. There's a lot of cool things happening in this year, definitely. But, I mean, I level yeah, that me. criticism at the, 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 the chin gun on the Fang 2. But at the same time, like, if you look at the the 30mm cannon underneath the Longbow Apache, mm. it's also kind of disjointed. You know, it's not mm. it's not sexy. It's not, like, flush fit into, like, a component like the Huey Cobra. It kind of hangs down off the bottom. Yeah, no, it's an aesthetic choice. It's it's not necessarily unrealistic for the Fang 2 to have its gun uh, that far separated from the, the, the body of the craft. But anyways, guys, we couldn't have scripted this because right now it's neck and neck. If Cujo is able to correctly guess Rob's Cobra vehicle year, he will win. If not, there will be a tie at the top between Paul and Cujo. First, let me tell you. That's yeah. the first time. So the pressure's on. It's all decided in this last round. This is the last round. Kujo. Can he do it? For the title of Burning House Saver. Shall I enter the mind of Robert one final time? What year would Rob want to be sent from the blue and magically appear in his lap the entire <laughs> year's vehicle? You can do it. Wouldn't that be nice? I, w- I want one of those Black Major figures. Can that be the prize? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Battle Android Trooper the, from the Major. The the uh, Macquarie Snow Serpent? Did you guys catch that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very cool. It looks like a hot... Outrageous. Yeah, looks like it's from Star Wars. I think... 
when I was thinking about Robert, I would say that he's a Buzzbore fan. I'm going to go 87 because the Buzzbore is underrated. And the pogo ball is completely irrational. The maggot, that's sturdy. The mamba is flashy. And you got the snow wolf. I don't know. It's it's that's that's is that where your mind is at, Robert? Eighty <laughs> seven. Yes, it is. Well, I was actually what? between 80, 84 and eighty seven, but I, I settled at eighty seven because I was like, they're just such wild vehicles in that year. Like I love the buzzball. The cobra mamba is fantastic. Just playing with it, that mechanism is so fun. That was the one that also made me go. It's going to be eighty-seven because Rob loves and the, the Cobra Wolf. I've always, I've always enjoyed playing with it. I mean, it belongs to Stephen, but it's, it's a fun vehicle to kind of like kick around with. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I can take the Pogo. I've never, I've never, never owned it. I've, I've never necessarily been interested in it, but I think you can take that thing to space. It's not that fun. I mean, I maybe I just wasn't thinking about it like in a way it could bounce off the walls and stuff. The Buzzbore, though, like I do think I'd love to see. Another take on the buzzboard because it's just such a cool idea. Yeah, I think so. What did you think of its representation in clairvoyance? I think I think it should have been used more. It will be. <laughs> Why? Okay. Hey, what spoilers? Don't ruin it for the audience and myself. You bastard. I mean, I'm just talking for myself now. That's a vehicle that it's I'd amazing. like to put a camera on a lot more, but I just don't have the gun. I mean, the missiles. So. Four for four. Yeah, my man. Kujo, congratulations, man. And I was That's interested amazing. to see if this game would yield <laughs> any clean sweeps. You you have managed to correctly guess <laughs> Rob completely, uh, which is remarkable. I uh, am hopeless at trying to get my head around you, my brother, uh, just like Rob is hopeless at getting his head around Paul. But, Paul, you, you seem to have a good handle on me. Yeah. <laughs> I got one year, and then I there was the... <laughs> There was a strategy. I had a strategy. Rob played yeah. a strategy. To be fair, Steve, like a lot of the conversations you and I end up having about G.I. Joe stuff sometimes is, Steve, I'm really interested in this toy. And then we all like start talking about stuff. And then like, you know, and then I'll sort of hear your thoughts on different things. And then that will sort of mull over in my head. And sometimes it'll be influential, you know, as so like I kind of like that is subconsciously there somewhere in the back of my head. And then you and I have similar tastes for some things as well, so that's also kind of... Hmm. That's where I think my edge was there. Look, all I'm saying is, guys, next time you uh, have a question mark in terms of your Christmas shopping, ask Kujo. <laughs> <laughs> Kujo can buy me all The broken this. clock strikes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to be right twice, right? So, yeah. Four times in one day. <laughs> Sorry, Who's I, I'm just shocked that you didn't go for the year that came with the Razorback. I I honestly thought that like Wild Boar would have like swayed you into choosing I think it's eighty is it eighty seven? Eighty nine, Pearl. It's eighty nine, there we go. <laughs> so I had to have scoop. I can't you know Yeah, I know that. I can't not have scoop, you see. That's true. I mean, that's why you lose, uh, not the Razorback, it's, yeah, it is a Razorback. Yeah, so, sorry, you're losing out on, 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 uh, Wild Ball, but, you know, what you lose in Wild Ball, you gain in Scoop, I suppose. Exactly. Scoop is the best. How can you not? Nice game, boys. 
on the way out, yeah. though, uh, anyone uh, with anything they'd like to add before we uh, chasse away? <laughs> <laughs> I love to chasse. Twerk. It's good to chat twerk. Yeah. I suppose now's a good time to mention it, um, just because I don't know when we're doing our next episode. Paul is... Paul is. <laughs> That's exactly how it is going to start. Paul yeah, is becoming a eunuch. Yes. No. God, no. no. And then I'm what? I'm going to run off with the opera. Um, no. Choice. No, just like uh, swear off all uh, lady folk. No, I can't do that. It's kind of unfortunately not in my genes. Um, yeah, you can't keep it in your genes. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> uh, no, 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 yeah, no, uh, I, um, I, I've been waiting for this podcast to announce this because it's actually pretty cool. Uh, I'm releasing my first figure statue garage kits, uh, inverted commas. I think that's whoa. Yeah, so I've got this character called the Halloween Kid, which might be familiar to some of my Instagram followers, and it's based on this uh, sort of intellectual property that I'm putting together. And uh, I, I mean, I've been working on this for about a year and a half now, sort of on off, or maybe, maybe two years now that I think about it, um, on off, just playing around with it and having fun with it. It's just like one of these things that I do, you know, for, for myself when I don't know what to draw. I have like three or four different like sort of universes that are ongoing that I can just pull from and go, okay, let me create something to populate that universe. Anyway, so Halloween Kid was kind of bred um, from one of those things. The, the, the idea came out of that. And, uh, yeah, I put the picture on Instagram long ago. Anyway, somebody contacted me recently and asked me if I'd be interested or if I would mind if they did a 3D model of it and then 3D printed it and, um, you know, and, and, you know, put it out for like sort of as a, as a product and what would I want from that and uh, would I also be keen on doing the prototype and blah 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 so anyway that got the conversation started and uh making toys is one of my like sort of top sort of you know bucket list things um and it is kind of like a a life choice thing something i'd I'd love to do i'd love to one day own a a toy empire uh, or or have this really cool ip anyway damn son you're the next mcfarlane one step closer baby one step closer to being that yeah totally i mean that's the idea right um so yeah, so my first one should be coming out just before the end of October. Um, this guy's already got a website and an e-commerce and everything already uh, installed and, and all that is already established. So as we get closer to its release, um, I will start documenting my process in making the prototype uh, when it gets delivered to me. And yeah, and then we'll probably be open for pre-orders and maybe even have it available for sale as early as the end of October. But bear in mind, there might be some test fitting and some issues that I find during the prototype stage. So I don't want to, like, make any promises right now. That's an amazingly tight turnaround, dude. I I can't believe it. I mean, I thought the wheels turn really slowly in terms of physical product production. Yeah, you see, so that's the thing. So this is going to be, like, very much on demand. So when people, like, order it, um, he'll cast the molds on demand. So I won't be selling um, a fully painted figure. Or rather, should I put it this way, I will be, but I'll only do a limited production of them, which will be numbered and signed and everything, which I will paint up and do for people because there's already packaging and everything that we're making for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But those will will be significantly heavier price-wise because of the amount of effort, and it is going to take me like a month or two months to to do it, um, depending on how the resin wants to play with me. 
uh, the resin being the material that it's made out of. But then we're also going to be selling them as kits, and that will that's got a higher turnaround. So that's quite cool. While we are on the topic of toy production, and since it is hot news as of the last two days, does anyone want to weigh in on the Unicron HasLab reaching its funding goal? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a $600 Unicron can be yours. <laughs> what does that mean for G.I. Joe, if anything? Probably nothing. Probably nothing, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to be like pessimistic and stuff about it. Yeah, don't be that guy, Paul. Like, let, let's put it this way. I think it's really cool that people, like massive Transformers fans, are going to be able to get a Unicron, and for only $600. Like, I know I say only $600, but seriously, for only $600, you're getting Unicron. That's actually a very good price for something of that magnitude. Um, a Sideshow's got... Um, yo, well, Sideshow's got toys that are much more expensive than that. Um, first for figures... Uh, Prime but Studios, Paul, they have statues. Paul and everyone else who wants to step up to this, um, should a massive company like Hasbro be looking to crowdfunding at all? That's, I think, the biggest controversy to come out of this. It happened with the Sail Barge, and yeah. those of you who follow Retro Blasting's YouTube channel are probably all aware of uh, the issues that Michael French has with, you know, a huge company looking for like pre-sales basically to back their 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 financial moves instead of just you know making the product generally available at retail mm. you know do, does anyone think that this is a, 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 a unethical business practice for the guys that already have the megabucks i can tell you how you arrive here you mm. you have a bunch of real ones create a brand like gi joe and then people with no real interest running it run it for a while into the ground and then their <laughs> reputation gets so bad they have to do crowdfunding no support indies i got issue with it if they were good at what they did they would not have to do this but 600 bucks is this this i don't want to sound like a broken record and i definitely don't want to uh i don't want to seem a certain way but like the black book that's that's a personal thing but like support network that's that's the age we're living in like, mm. it's not that I, I'm hating on Hasbro or Marvel or Disney, but do you know them? No. Do they do they chat you up in podcasts? Do they do so? You don't owe, owe people anything, but it's community, you know? Why why look past community? Yeah. Rob, do you have a, an opinion on this? Well, yeah, I think I think kind of going off what Kuda's saying, I mean, it's better to go small than to go big anymore. The thing is, we kind of are in an age where there are no... <clears throat> they haven't been original ideas for quite a while, at least coming out of the big companies. They're essentially living off their, their IPs and kind of mm. reproducing, re, um, regurgitating the same thing over and over and over again. And and kind of nostalgia. On nostalgia, but then also not paying homage to the nostalgia as well, which is weird. If you look at a lot of things that come out, it's like it's aimed at the, those older people, but then when it comes out, then they say, oh, no. It isn't really for you, it's for the next generation, so they can also experience the same thing that you did when you were a kid. Then they can just go back no, and watch No, I'm it. not sure about that. Something like HasLab is very no, much... I think HasLab, def no, no, definitely, but I think I I'm just speaking in general in a wider idea of, of okay. things. 
um, you know, films and, and, and TV series and cartoons and things. But toys definitely, this is, that, this is very much nostalgia. I mean, that's also why they, I think they're going the route of trying to get the money up front because they know there are people who want the stuff, but they're not, they, they know it's not going to sell to a wider market. I don't, yeah. I don't think, I, I don't know. Look, at that the price old, point, the old it ain't no kid's things. toy. No, no, obviously. This is definitely aimed at, at, at the people who buy, say, like Sideshow or buy the premium toys or, yes, have a huge hard-on for nostalgia. I mean, but it's a big company. Just produce the stuff or, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's difficult. I don't have a clear opinion about this specifically yet, but in general, I find this this mining of nostalgia to be it's cheap it's weak in general my i don't know i think i'm looking at it from a different point of view uh whereas i agree with uh I, whereas i fully agree with um kujo on the whole supporting indie guys and indie creators and independent dudes um like bobby Vella's um action force line which is looking so cool but anyway i'm full on for supporting that because now we have companies you know that have sprung up from those kind of independent movements i mean you've got marauder inc has now got its figures that are going out there we've got um keep as the four horsemen's company um can't think of the name right now but they do gentle all those giant cool, no not gentle giant they do all of those boss fights yes boss fight studio you know you got that kind of stuff so those are all like emerging brands and you know they're good and that they're looking after collectors and they're making stuff that is maybe more appealing to sort of an older crowd than a younger crowd, but then could also be marketed as a younger crowd. But like, I think with crowdfunding being what it is and the fact that um, crowdfunding has been so successful for some of my favorite video games that I've played, uh, two of the, the best video games I've played this year were crowdfunded, for example. Uh, that was Bloodstained and a game called Blasphemous. And they were done by indies, but those indies were run by people who used to work for big companies. Um, the one guy was as a former Konami guy. Anyway, so the point I'm trying to get at is like, I actually support both, and I think there's a place for both, and I think it's actually very smart and actually quite responsible of Hasbro to to actually do crowdfunding because. But what I want to know is, do they take requests? That's the thing, okay? And and that's and that's and I want to give an example of where that model works really well, and it's Lego. Lego has been doing this for a while now with its Lego Ideas series. It's, bring, it's been bringing us some serious gems like the Ghostbusters Firehouse, the Ecto-1, the, the DeLorean, the Tron cycle set, and Voltron, just to mention some of them. Okay, just to mention a few. And that, in essence, is not crowdfunded financially, but crowdfunded, uh, you know, in terms of support. People make these things. They pitch them to Lego. Lego puts them on, on the websites and the various websites. People get to vote for which ones they think should actually happen. And then Lego goes, okay, people really want a Tron cycle set. Let's make, you know, let's set up a conversation with the people who have the license for the IP. Would they be cool with us making it kind of thing? That's great. Boys, I'm going to step off, uh, close out the show for me. I'm going to take the missus to, to work. But uh, Well, cheers, adios. guys. This has been fantastic. Thank you, Stephen, for joining us tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> that's, 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 Episode one five five. I'm out. Uh, chat amongst yourselves, boys. Um, cool. Five five. Hell yeah, brother. We're getting heated up in here. Yeah, no, sorry. Just to get to that point, um, I think it's quite responsible of Hasbro to kind of do that because 
that is kind of the way things are going at the moment. Um, you know, like people are sort of now voting with their credit cards, but in a lot, in, in a way that's a little bit more focused. And, you know, yeah, at, at the moment it only benefits some, and I think that's where it gets uh, where it gets a bit gray. Um, because, for example, if I want a job at sale barge, there was no way I could get one. Absolutely no way. I would have to go through all of the effort that Michael French had to go through just to get one, you know, and that's if I had the money to do it. So that's what I don't like about it. It's kind of, it's it's very, very, very niched. Um, and right now it seems to only be open to the American market. And this is why I'm criticizing it now as well, because Bandai does the same thing. Bandai also has a premium model. They don't they don't um, crowdfund it, but they have uh, model kits that they release exclusively on their online store, which are for the better part you can't they they're sort of inaccessible for anybody yeah. who's outside of Japan, which I also hate. I I agree with what you're saying, but it's too much of a one way street, and I don't want to support anybody at this point. Like like ha, do they bump GI Joburg on their social media? Does Hasbro go, hey world, look at these guys doing stuff with our figures? No, they don't. You know, that would cost them nothing except social equity, but oh, they don't. No, I get that. But the no, 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 no I, I totally get that. But then at the same time, it's naive. I feel that it is naive for, for a, a collective like us to expect that from a company like Hasbro. Well, they're the company that's going out of business, not us. Yeah, well, and, that, and I know it sounds funny, but that's actually more their problem than ours. If Hasbro goes out of business, I, and I, okay, and I know this might be very controversial to say, um, what are we losing, really? Um, they, they haven't produced any G.I. Joe figures for how many years now, yet the fans have been producing stuff uh, and have been bolstering G.I. Joe's ranks by ourselves. You know, so, you know, it's a nod to people like Bobby Vala and everything who have been making that like, incredible product. Yeah, I mentioned Bobby Vala a lot because I think he's really awesome and I like what he's doing. And... You know, he has reached out and touched us, if that makes oh, sense. No, so, I, yeah, I, I totally want to support him. But that also doesn't mean that I don't support Boss Fight Studios or Marauder Inc. It's just that right now, Boss Fight, as much as I think their stuff is cool, they don't have anything that I want right now. But that's only right now. They could very easily produce something I want very soon from now. But, like, if we lose Hasbro, we don't even lose Transformers if we lose Hasbro because Transformers are made in Japan. Takara makes Transformers. Tom, uh, no, Tommy I feel you. I feel you. So, like, we don't actually... You're right. You're right. No, if people as... want something, if people want a $600 toy, they got it, right? Exactly. And the thing is, dude, uh, I mean, there are a lot of people out there. Uh, I've seen some of the criticism of the Galvatron, of Galvatron, of Unicron uh, being that, well, other people have made really good third-party Unicrons that are better for half the price. That's also a very good argument. Um, to be made. There's a lot of people in in the, the Asian toy markets that have been doing that kind of thing. Maybe not through legitimate channels, but through quality channels that are as good, if not better, than some of the Hasbro stuff, or Takara Hasbro stuff. Well, when you're, when, you're, when you're doing something independently, like, you know, how can you justify doing a 30 bucks or 40 bucks for a comic, you know? That's because yeah. everybody's got to get paid. Yeah, true. I mean, my thing is, like, I think we inter uh, I think I think as far as Hasbro is going I think I will stand by what I said I think it's a really responsible thing of them to do especially in the world that we live in today because people can't you know they can't just put a big toy in a Walmart anymore and expect people to buy it uh, Mattel somehow is getting it right with its Jurassic Park line but I don't think Hasbro can get it right for Makes some sense. reason 
it's also it's also uh, irresponsible sort of on a on a sort of socially uh or environmentally conscious level i know it's like kind of not everybody's favorite thing to talk about but i mean to force to now go and put into production like let's just say 2000 units of the unicorn unicorn toy that's plastic that's once again uh, once again getting used that's printing that's packaging it's all of that stuff um you know of which like five or ten percent of it's going to disappear yeah so i think it's just better that they that right now they do what they do and i've said this years ago when we started this podcast hasbro should have taken responsibility of their brands um and done what mattel did with their brands you know mattel has had exceptionally good success with all of their stuff with the he-man stuff um and their ghostbusters and to a small degree their thundercats things which have now sort of been taken over by super seven which is essentially still the same thing um and they did exactly that they got people to pre-order the figures to join a special club and they did all of that and they all did it without extorting he-man fans or masters of the universe fans hasbro tried the same thing but hasbro used a third party and i feel and i still to this date feel that that third party extorted us or try to extort us because to pay the prices that they wanted for those toys was ridiculous and uh which is why i never supported it and which are which is why i could never get into it but if hasbro had done that with the actual financial clout that they had they could have actually done something cool like deltatron now without having to crowdfund it so energy yeah. to burn energy to yeah. burn sorry I, I i do apologize if that comes across as a bit ranty oh, but no 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 you, you actually made good points research. I'm so I'm so sick of like monochromatic stuff. Like I think it's just it's a breath of fresh air when you see like new people trying to do stuff. Oh, I love it! I love it so much. I mean, uh, Rob, I, I, have you seen some of these toys that like in the previews? Like, um, there's all these like weird Asian companies like Teco Toys and all and these guys. And there's tons of companies you're trying to kind of like get up 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 in there and try and make new stuff. There's cool stuff happening, man. It's like. I mean, even guys like myself, we're starting up our little... I mean, I've got my toy line coming up and, and doing Robert, it. Yeah. do you feel like you're finding your niche on, like, the media side? Like, are you starting to get into, like, convention hype, that kind of thing? I, I think I'm slowly getting into that. Um, I think my social media presence isn't as, isn't as good as it can be. But um, I think I think I can work on it and get better at it. Well, I, th- I, think, I think, like, just kind of like this iteration where people kind of turn themselves into a product where they were like, Oh, comics, podcast, that kind of thing. Mm. I, I think people burned out. So I, whatever arc you're on, it's not a bad one. I mean, like, I think, like, I I, I, I want to go to, like, a platform like YouTube, but I don't want to start making videos. So it would be, like, live streams, but I have to kind of prep those live streams kind of thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, whatever works. Whatever works. But, no, it looks like a look, – I saw a picture of you sitting with some people on a couch. It looked like good times. Hell yeah, yeah brother. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. They bring it down to well, kind of walk here. Yeah, I want to get to Comic Con Africa next year so we can sell a printing on the black book. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. But guys, yeah, it's like, so sorry, just for the people listening to us, we haven't forgotten <laughs> that today. You are definitely still here with us. This is how we feel about HasLab and uh, all kinds of weird things because, you know, G.I. Joe Book, we get a bit. Um, you know, we we are, we are passionate people. We love toys like you guys love toys. Absolutely. And we want to, you know, and, and we don't necessarily feel that our voices are heard if we try to post on this forum and that forum and whatnot. So, yeah, you heard it here. This is pretty much 
how we feel about it. Will it change? Yeah, possibly. We human beings, our philosophies change and upgrade. And you know, this audio is going straight to the circular file. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. but yeah, thanks That's guys cool. for sharing your opinions. And yeah, I mean, hit us up in the social medias. Let us know how, what you think of Haslab and all these other things, and where where things are going. And on that word. Yeah, but even more important than that, let us know which toys you're going to save from a burning building, because I want to know that. Anyway, with that, let's chasse away us, uh, as uh, it says. <laughs> chasse, 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 chasse. Let's do it. Good night, everyone, and see you in the next one. Yeah! Bye.